The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we can learn to use them in new and powerful ways to create the life we've always dreamed of. On our program today, with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon, we'll address who you are, how to come to know what you believe and why, how to accept and love yourself, and how you can make changes that help you create the empowered, happy, successful life you want. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. We're broadcasting from Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm so delighted to have you with us today. Let me start out by apologizing for my voice. I went to the 17th birthday party of my oldest grandson the other day. He got gifts and I got a cold. Um, I haven't had a cold for years, so I guess it's a good reminder of how wonderful it is when you feel really well. So if I sound a little croaky, I'll be back up and at it again by next week, I'm sure. Take a look at the self-improvement blog today because you can see our guest picture there, read her bio, and read the review of her book. This is a really great book. If you have relatives or friends who are planning a wedding, this would be an excellent gift during the holidays or actually just any time. Um, very good book, very important book. We're going to talk about what do you do before you say, I do, and here's why. 2.3 million couples get married every year in the United States. That's an average of nearly 6,200 weddings a day. Imagine that. A third of them have been married before, which means a third of them had marriages that didn't work. $72 billion every year is spent on weddings, and the average wedding budget is between $20,000 and $30,000. We know that a large majority of these marriages will end in divorce, and we're going to talk about that today. I'm an ordained non-denominational minister, and I've officiated at several hundred weddings. I was always surprised at how much debt couples were willing to assume to have their Cinderella wedding. I just heard this week on Good Morning America that the more expensive the wedding, the more likely the divorce, because one of the biggest problems that confront couples in marriage is the money issues surrounding money and debt. I was even more surprised at how little some of the couples know about each other. When you don't know even some of the basics about your future mate, you're really setting yourself up for trouble. Compound that with some very unrealistic expectations of what marriage is like, especially the picture given to us by the media, and I wonder why more marriages don't fail. Many religions require marriage counseling, and that may be helpful depending on what they present. 
I offered free marriage counseling to my couples, and only a few took advantage of it because they believed in the Captain and Tennille's promise that love will keep us together. Well, it didn't keep Captain and Tennille together. We're going to talk about getting ready for marriage, and we have with us the author of the book, What to Do Before You Say, I Do. Susan Ziggy has a master's degree in education with a minor in psychology. Growing up, her father was a school psychologist, so she was drilled on analyzing people and solutions for as long as she can remember. She's the author, as I said, of What to Do Before You Say, I Do. She wrote this book so her two children, who are in serious relationships, did not repeat her mistakes. Susan's personal experience, education, and mistakes gave her the wisdom to share about what it takes to have a happy, healthy relationship. It's an absolutely wonderful book, and it's my honor to welcome to the Self-Improvement Show, Susan Ziggy. Susan, welcome. Thank you, Irene. I appreciate that. Tell us a little bit about yourself, self. Uh, Who's Susan Ziggy, so our listeners have an idea of where you're coming from? Well, you did a good job of explaining my background, but who I am is someone who's, I don't take life real seriously. I kind of sit back and enjoy what I have, and I'm not looking for more. Like, a lot of people are looking for something better. I'm very happy with what I have. I'm educated. I analyze, like you said, I analyze why things happen, what happened that I could do better next time. I learn from my mistakes, or I should say I try and learn from my mistakes. Sometimes I make them over again. And I just love helping people. I really think that people need to know what to expect before they even start dating. They need to know what to expect from themselves because I hear so many people say, well, I'm looking for someone who can make me happy. I'm looking for someone with something to offer me. And it drives me crazy. <laughs> oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you have to offer them? <laughs> so and nobody like can make you happy but you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my father said they're growing up forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a big, big background in psychology. Um, my master's was in special education with human behavior. So I'm very, very equipped and knowledgeable in human behavior and why people do the things they do. And I have a, my first marriage ended in divorce because I got married at 20, didn't know who he was. But I was 20, and he liked the party, and so did I. So I thought, this is perfect. He had a Camaro. So did I marry for the right reasons? No. Oh, now, come on, a Camaro and liking to party? Isn't that grounds to build a marriage on? You know, at 20, I thought so. <laughs> yeah, so we all my did. Book. Did you know yourself, even with your background in psychology, growing up with a psychologist father, did you know who Susan Ziggy was? No, not at all, because my father's been married. He was married three times at age when I was 20. So I didn't really have a role model for what to look for in a good, healthy marriage. And so I just wanted to get out of the house. So did I marry for love? 
Well, at the time, I thought I was marrying for love. But when I sat down and started writing this book, now I'm 55. I've been married to my second husband for 16 years and very happy. And I started really analyzing what was I thinking. I married someone just like my father. He loved to party. He loved to drink. And he wasn't a really good candidate for someone who I wanted to partner for the rest of my life. So as I was analyzing who I was, I thought, you know, I'm, in my book, I talk about different personality types, like a type A, a type B, optimist versus pessimist, and I even break it down. There's a high-level optimist, medium, and low. Same with a pessimist. There's high, medium, and low. So it tells you in my book exactly who would be good with who. And there's always changes and tweaks. Like, you know, you can't marry, you don't marry someone because you love them, because that comes and goes. You marry them because you share the same beliefs. You share the same goals. You share the same ideals. Or you complement each other's ideals. I'm sure you've heard that opposites attract. Well, uh, I've heard that, but they don't always. They may some, attract, but they don't always stay. It depends on, now my book goes into this much deeper than we can, but like an optimist at a low level and a pessimist at a high level are opposites, but they can attract. If, like I'm very hyper and I'm a workaholic, like a type A personality, I needed a type B personality who's more laid back to calm me down. So he makes me relax, and I make him work harder. So that's a good compliment. Now, if you're both alcohol, or you both like to drink too much, um, not good. I have a whole chapter on red flags. Um, is he a mama's boy, and you're independent? That's not going to be real compatible. And my book does have a compatibility survey that every single couple, married or not, should take, and I've had couples, I have a chapter on interviews of couples married more than 20 years, and even they had so much fun taking it, because at 20 years, they said, oh, you don't really think like that, and, you know, they had fun with it, but they didn't really ask the important questions. I want to talk more about that compatibility survey, but let's go back a little bit. You, know, you said you wrote the book because of your children. Um, how, how did they accept it? And what's in your book that's different from the other books on marriage? Because there's a ton of them out there. A ton. And a lot of them will say, you need to um, be compatible. Well, what does that mean? That's exactly why I love your book. (laughs) Yeah, you have to have a financial plan. What's that mean? My book will tell you, here's here's three different options for a financial plan. You really need to talk about what this is. My book will say, do you have debt? Does your partner know you have debt? And I've had a couple that I was talking to, and she had no idea he had liens on his property when she married him which she incurred upon marriage, and she had no idea, so, of course, they divorced a year later. And these she was responsible people, for some of the debt. Yeah. 
they don't want to be honest for fear that they're going to lose their their partner. Well, let me tell you, um, a long-term relationship is priceless. Divorce isn't. If you're not honest with your partner and you can't feel you can be honest, they're not the right partner. There's always more people out there, but people get desperate because all their friends are getting married, so they feel the pressure to get married. That's another chapter in my book. Are you getting married for the right reasons? I didn't get married for the first time for the right reasons. Some people get married because they feel the pressure from their their peers to get married, or they need financial help, so they get married. They don't want to be alone, so they get married. Well, people that are married can sometimes feel more alone than single people. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. How so did your children really receive the, the book? Right did, did they get it before they got married? I'm sorry, say that again? How did your children receive the book? Did they get it before they got married? Are they still engaged? Yeah. Or, you know, how, how did they like it? Because they might have thought, oh, you know, this is my mother. Well, <laughs> Exactly. First of all, I'm the mother. What do I know? But, what do you know about sex? <laughs> You're the mother. Oh, no. <laughs> but no, my son is getting married in August of next year. And his fiance loved the book. And she had him sit down with her and do the survey. And they read the book. They discussed the book. And my son loved the book. And... Every time I see him, like, sliding that saying, please or thank you, every time Alicia brings him something, I, I refer to the book. My daughter loves the book, but she thought, oh, Mom, how did you get, you don't know all this. I'm like, yes, I really <laughs> do. So this is, but I have had so many great reviews from people who have read the book. And I do want to put this disclaimer out there. I call it the way I see it. And And that's the the glory of your book. It's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk much more about this wonderful book, What to Do Before You Say I Do. Stay tuned. There'll be more with me and Susan Ziggy. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. When you think of inspiring women, who comes to mind? Is it a visionary like Oprah Winfrey? Political or legal figures like Hillary Clinton or Sonia Sotomayor? Or how about entrepreneurial business leaders like Meg Whitman? No matter whom you might be thinking of, make sure to add one more to that list. Deanne DeMarco. She's the host of Today's Inspiring Women. Each week, Deanne turns you on to the next rising star in business and leadership and what their successes and challenges have been. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Susan Ziggy. We're talking about her book, What to Do Before You Say, I Do. And I recommend this for all couples out there, whether you're married or not. And the reason I say this is she doesn't spend time telling you how many guests to invite or what kind of dress to purchase. She talks about what happens when the wedding's over and the marriage starts and what you can do ahead of time to give it some insurance of lasting uh, during the break, we were talking a little bit about the games people play. Susan, let's talk a little bit about the games. What do you see as the games? Um, I guess we'd say dating couples or engaged couples or just couples play with each other. Yeah, this is a game that mostly women play because men are very simple. You give them, you know, food, sports, and sex. They're happy. They don't want to talk. So I had a girlfriend who'd been married for 20 years, and her husband said, what would you like for Christmas? She said, oh, nothing. If I, if I want something, I'll just go out and buy it. So for Christmas, she got nothing. And she was so mad at him. And I asked her, I said, well, why? You told him you wanted nothing. She goes, well, he should know what I want. Oh, when God. Please. Get him a crystal ball. Pardon me? Get him a crystal ball. (laughs) She wants him to be a fortune teller. You could look them in the face and tell them, I want this ring, or I want this book, or I want... They're not going to know what you're talking about. And in my book, I have several different categories of games that both men and women do play but it tells you how to solve the problem and not play the game. That way you both win. And it's something just as simple as going up to your your partner and saying, okay, I would like a gift card from this store for this amount. That's it. Write it down. Write yeah. it down. <laughs> you know, a lot of women go around with the idea that if he loved me, he would know. My girlfriend of 21, year, marriages, 21 years of marriage said, well, he should know he's been married long enough. I said, are you kidding me? Really? After 21 years of marriage, you should know they're not listening. And that's but a it, problem yeah, that you complain about. And, you know, if you told them who's going to be in the Super Bowl, they'd remember. Oh, yeah. well, not well, all men would remember that, but it'd be yeah, more likely to. What are some of the games men play? The men, they, they pretend they're listening. Big mistake. You need to come in from work or wherever you are and say, listen, let's be honest. Can you give me 15 minutes 
just sit and decompress, and then I will listen and ask them to make eye contact. And you can't talk to them for more than five or ten minutes because you'll lose them. They're not going to listen unless it's about sports, food, or sex. So don't expect them. That's why women should have girlfriends. You need to talk to your girlfriends about issues and and get outside advice. I think you need to sit down with your partner and say, can I have five minutes of your time? This is really bothering me, and I will even tell you in my book what to say. And it starts with, I feel I'm not being heard. I feel I am not being respected. But you have to follow that up with examples because otherwise they won't remember. And then also pretend, and this is a big problem at the beginning, that they're romantic, that they love to go shopping with you, that they want to do everything together with you. They don't. (laughs) No, they don't want to go shopping. They want to watch the ball game, for goodness sakes. Exactly, and that's part of, that's in my chapter two, with games people play. I also discussed the seven stages in a relationship. And the first stage is romantic, um, just getting to know each other. And women want that to last forever. Yeah. Oh, everyone does. Do men want that to last, or do they just want to get through it? Um, No, they just want to get through it so they can get to the sex. That's really what it comes down to. Or they want to, you know, find someone that can cook for them. They want to marry someone like their mother if they had, you know, a decent relationship with their mother. And that's something that really bothers me about new relationships. And I have an example of this in my book that's important. Is really think about who you are and what you have to offer them and who you are looking for. Do you want someone who's hyper, or do you want someone laid back? Now, if you, let's say a group of people go to a football game, and you're going with this group, and there's some single people in there you haven't met, you're just meeting for the first time. There's a really good-looking guy there for you, but he's looking around at everybody to see who's watching him. There's another guy in the group who's not that good-looking, but he's a nice guy. He's kind of like average-looking or he's heavy, or whatever. Now watch him. Is he relating with people? Is he having a good time? Is he being himself and not out to impress somebody? Think about which guy, or even females, you want a high-maintenance female, or you want someone that's not wearing so much makeup but is having fun. That's what people need to look at. Don't look at the surface, because I'll tell you a story about my husband when I first met him. I didn't like him because he didn't fit my ideal. He didn't dress the way I liked. He wasn't white collar. His grammar was okay, but it wasn't highly educated. But the more I got to know him, I thought that he has all the qualities that my first husband doesn't. He was respectful. He was polite. He had good manners. And he was so good to me and showed me so much respect and so much genuine concern that I could overlook all the superficial flaws and some of his not-so-superficial flaws 
because they had great qualities. Women and men need to really look at who they're choosing. Is it superficial or is it someone who can endure long term? Because, you know, as you and I both know, looks will fade. Then you'll change. Your, what you want today is not what you're going to want in 20 years or 10 years exactly. or 5 years. And once you have children, if you don't have a solid, honest foundation and you've accepted your partner for who they are and you can change with them via talking, um, then you're, you're okay. You're going to have kids and you know, do you want kids? Do you talk aggressively? Do you talk passively? Do you agree with the same way you want to raise the children? Do you believe in corporal punishment? Do you believe in grounding? Do you believe in timeouts? Do you believe in letting them do what they want to do? How much time do you plan on spending with them? All these questions are in my book with the answers, which makes my book different from a lot of books. What do you you say to somebody who uh, says, well, we'll go ahead and get married and I'll, I'll change him after? Or I'll change her after. <laughs> there's a lot of that okay. going around. I, okay, that's also in my book. See, there's other things in my book. Those are, <laughs> that's it one is. Of my it really is. Is I have myths, ideals, and fantasies of marriage. And I love that one. Oh, I can train him or I can change him. No, you can't. You can modify their qualities that are disruptive. You cannot change him. You can change... I'll I'll give you a a big general example. If you're going to marry someone who loves to party and drinks too much, bordering on alcoholism, can you change him? No. You can modify, maybe get him into AA or or have him drink two beers a day instead of 12, but you're not going to change him. If he never... Uses good manners. Is he ever going to use good manners? Yeah, maybe, but that can be modified. It's not going to be changed. And why wouldn't he say, you, now, you knew this about me before we got way. married. Why are you trying to change me now? Exactly. If you have to change him, move on, because that's awful arrogant of the woman to think she can change him, and they usually think they can because of sex. Yeah, well, it works both ways, too, because some men will try to change the, the woman. As soon as they're married, he wants her to lose 20 pounds, or he wants her to learn to do something different just because he, he wants her to, whether she likes it or not. That I experienced that one, so I know that one very well. I love that you said that. My sister, who's been married for 23, 24 years, when she got married to her husband, he said in the marriage contract that they drew up, if you gain 10 pounds, I have the right to divorce you. I'm like, really? Wow. And she, of course, gained 25 pounds since they've been married. I am not divorcing her, but does he ride her about her weight? Yes. So look at someone like that before you get married. Is he going to pressure you to make sure you always go out with makeup on? You always dress the right way? You work out? You know, do they expect? That's why I said acceptance is so important. Can you accept your own flaws? If you can, 
good for you because you're one of the few that can even recognize that you have flaws. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it true? People don't think, I don't have flaws. He's got all the flaws or she's got all the flaws. Yeah, if shit only changed this, then we could be happy. Yeah. Yeah, if I could change her, if she were just nicer, my husband, my first husband used to say this all the time, if you were just nicer, I'd be nicer to you. I'm like, what? Ooh. Really? <laughs> all right, so I asked him, I said, what am I doing that's not nice to you? He said, well, say hello when I walk in the door. I said, okay, and why do you think I don't? And, you know, we got this whole thing. I've been through a lot of marriage counseling. So, uh, it's funny how they say stuff like that. If you would just cook dinner, I would be so nice to you. So you cook dinner. They're still not nice to you. you got to get to the underlying reasons, which are in my book, as to why they are not being nicer. And I'm talking to men and women about this because it's very common in marriages. Ask your, ask your um, listeners, do they expect to really be happy the whole time they're married? And most of them will probably say yes. And on that note, it's time for us to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about that question and why isn't love enough? This is Irene Conlon and my guest Susan Ziggy saying stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to The Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. My guest today is Susan Jaziggy, and we're talking about how to get ready for marriage, how to really know this person that you're about to uh, want to spend your life with. One of the things people say is love will keep us together. We see the, the Captain and Tennille who sang that song. Uh, she filed for divorce in January. I don't know whether it's finalized yet, but uh, you know, some of us were a little surprised by that. Love doesn't always keep us together. Why is that, Susan? Why do you think love is not enough? Because I'm... If you think about it, people use the word love way too easily, and they don't really understand what old-school love means. Love really means accepting who they are for what they are and making the best out of disagreements or differences of personalities and opinions and working through it and communicating. And this is a tragedy in this generation. The communication has broken down so much because of social media that couples forget how to talk. So love is not enough because there's days that you don't even like him, let alone love him, or you don't like her or love her. So if you don't know how to work through all the really difficult day-to-day crap that you're going to hit, you will absolutely have day-to-day issues. Do you think it's important for them to have a fight plan before they get married? Now, how how do they fight? Uh, that's in my book, too. There's three different types of communication. There's aggressive, assertive, and passive. An assertive person, and this is important to pay attention to how your partner communicates and how you communicate. If he's or she's aggressive... That's condescending communication. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not going to listen to you. You're not good enough for me. That's aggressive. Assertive is, I feel you're not listening to me. And passive is, okay, whatever you want to do. Well, you can't have a passive conversation with someone who's aggressive. You're you're just going to frustrate yourself. So make sure you guys whoever's getting married or wants to better their own relationship, you have the proper communication tools. I also have a chapter on that. And put down the social media and put down the cell phones and stop texting because those are supposed to be messages, not conversations. So I understand that some people text each other at the table. I think that's hysterical. And very I'm bad. Sorry, I can't hear you at all now. Um, I, I was just talking about texting and how people think they can really communicate by texting each other, but they really can't. That's not communication. Now, that's in my book, too. 
You can't now, you cannot tax now, I'll be very clear about this. Text messaging is just that. It's for a message. Stop and get milk. You cannot hear the person's intonations, the quality of their voice, or the speed of their voice <laughs> in a text message. If someone says, I've had a bad day, versus, oh, I've had a bad day. You can't hear that in a text message. You're sending out the wrong communication already. So that's going to lead to trouble. Let's talk about your compatibility survey. There's a lot of these kind of surveys out there, but yours is so down to earth, so realistic, so everyday um, that I really think anybody in a serious relationship should sit down and do this compatibility survey. How did you come up with these questions? Because I Talk about some of the questions if you want to. I'm sorry, what? You can talk about some of the questions if you want to, but how did you come up with them? Well, marriage is a day-to-day adventure every day so my compatibility survey consists of questions that I would ask every day something that I would want to know like your favorite you know do you consider yourself a clean person a messy person or an obsessive compulsive clean person that's important because what do you do every day in your marriage someone has to clean someone has to cook someone has to do laundry so these are questions that I just do. I just sat down and thought about ways to make things very clear and very simple. Now, let me see. Do you have the compatibility survey in front of you? I do. Okay. Um, some of the questions that I think are very relevant, first of all, the personality types. Um. Okay, what do you have? you want to name some of those questions while I... Well, my favorite one is the idea of a clean house, and, and it's a multiple choice. You know, what's your idea of a clean house? A, all surfaces are cleaned and sterilized. That's really clean. B, a few papers and magazines on the kitchen counter are fine, but no food mess. C, I do the dishes once a day, usually clean the bathroom once in a while, and D, if I can find what I'm looking for and the house doesn't stink, I'm good. <laughs> and we, we know people that fit in each of those categories. And I would say that if somebody who has to have all surfaces cleared and sterilized is thinking about marriage with someone who can't find what they're looking for and the house doesn't stink, they're probably going to have big trouble. Yes, they are. And another one, the one right below it, how important is money to you other than enough to pay your bills? Is it very important, somewhat important, or not very? Boy, That's and this a is one. Problem. And they need to be really honest about this one. Yes, they now, do. This is not one you want to say what you think they want to hear. And that's the problem with so many of these relationships that start out. Like when I first started out with my first husband, when I was 18, I became who I thought he wanted me to be. 
And that's not who I was at all. Like, he wanted me to have a full-course meal with a home-baked dessert. The house had to be clean, and I had to work full-time. Well, that's who I was for the and first And what was his years. chores? Pardon me? What were his chores? Um, to work. So he could, you could go to work, but you came home and cooked and cleaned and took care of the kids, and he came home from work, and what did he do to, to contribute? Frank. Frank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, <laughs> he, would, he would wash his car. Um, he would play with babies when we had babies. He would play with the kids. Um, but my, go- my job was to take care of the household, and it was, a, it was a 1950s marriage. That's who his mother and father were, and that's who he wanted me to be, so that's who I was in the beginning. And he wanted me to be OCD, obsessively clean, and I was one of those where, you know what, if I can find it, I'm good. <laughs> so it, it, we had too many variables. Um, this one is important for women. Number 29 is how affectionate are you? Well, I know a lot of women that have complained to me that, you know, always oh, not affectionate enough, he's not cuddly enough, he's, he doesn't talk to me during games. I'm like, okay, did you discuss this before you started dating or got married? Did you talk about how you would like him to have a plan? I will not show public displays of affection, but when I walk by you in the house every day, I will touch your shoulder. I will touch your butt. I will touch your arm. You know, just to give you that little affection that you're looking for. That's how specific you need to be. You know, don't leave it on, okay, well, I want, I'm going to be hugged at least once in a while. No, no, no. I want to be hugged every day. When we walk by each other, just give me a pat on the shoulder, make eye contact, smile, whatever your expectation is. Be very specific. Um, I, here's one that the guys really do like. Are you, are you the life of the party or quiet and shy? You'd be surprised how many people think they're the life of the party. And when their partners or their, their 20 years marriage partner would answer the question, like, no, you're not. You're quiet and shy. So they don't <laughs> yeah. even know each other at that point. So it's just a fun survey to take because it leaves you wide open for communication. It leaves a lot of room for discussion. And even with the long-term couples I interviewed, I was there for about an hour and a half just talking about these questions because it opened up windows for them to talk about, really, why do you think I'm like that? Or why do you think I do this? It's amazing how this, this little survey really opens up windows of communication. And it gets, helps you get to know your partner a lot better. You know, one of the things you talk about is the importance of tradition and establishing your own traditions. Talk a little bit about that. Why is that important? Because traditions, just like Christmas or Thanksgiving or Hanukkah or Easter, whatever your cultural traditions are, you need marital traditions so that you know what to expect if you want to throw football parties and you want to make that a tradition where every time there's a hockey game, basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is, 
if you want to have people over, then come to an agreement of, okay, once a month, let's have a get-together with our friends and have a sporting event. Now you've created a tradition in your relationship. So both parties know what to expect. I have an annual um, volleyball party with about 40 people, and my husband and I now know that every year, you can expect in August, we're going to have a big party. If you know what to expect, you're not going to fight over it. They know it's coming like a Thanksgiving. People know it's coming. Halloween, they know it's coming. So they're not going to argue because they know what to expect. Um, and knowing what to expect, <coughs> excuse me, is half the battle. And it's time for us to go to a, a break. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, <coughs> excuse me, Susan Ziggy, saying stay tuned. We're going to be right back with more. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Every one of us confronts challenges that rock our world to the core, making us confused and disoriented, not knowing which way is up. On The Mother Rising, host Margaret Jacobson will nourish that spark that enlivens. You will be both empowered and inspired to create the changes leading you on your path to your own true freedom. Discover your worth and what you are capable of. Tune into The Mother Rising every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. You are tuned in to The Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to The Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Susan Ziggy. We're talking about how to get ready for marriage, actually. She has a wonderful book out called What to Do Before You Say I Do. Susan, how can people find you on the Internet, and how can they find your book? 
Okay, they can go to susanziggy.net for my website. They can go to Amazon, Barnes & Nobles for the book. Um, there's actually books in stores, and they can go to your blog to find my book. And so the link is up. on the blog, too, if you forget. The link to her website's on my blog. Wonderful. I, I can't recommend this book highly enough. Uh, it's it's small. As I said, big things come in small packages. It's only 107 pages. But she doesn't waste any words with fluff, which I really, truly appreciate. It's common sense. It's everyday stuff. It's not pie in the sky, should I have a veil or a short dress kind of stuff. It's, you know, what do you need to know about this person you're marrying? What do you need to know about yourself? What do you need to know about each other? Because you form a whole new entity. There's a, a me and a you and a we, and how does that play out? You know, and, and she gets you ready for that. It's, it's really, truly, and I've read a lot of books about marriage since I used to do so many weddings. This is one of the best I have seen in the first place you want to go to is the compatibility survey. Um, it's so down to earth. It's it's the real deal where the rubber meets the road kind of thing. Would you agree with me, Susan, on that? I would absolutely agree with you on that because that's just who I am. I speak plainly, I speak clearly, and I tell you the way it is, like it or not. Now, let's let's say you're married, you've been married for a while, and things begin to get a little rocky. What are some of the red flags that you need to be aware of, red flags in your marriage? Well, you need to know the red flags before you even consider getting engaged. And if you're already engaged and you can change some of these, my biggest red flag is using technology to avoid the relationship. I really absolutely do not like texting. It's, there's no personality in it. There's no personal relationship in it. It's horrible. I've gone to restaurants where I have seen people sit down with their cell phones and play games instead of talking to the partner they're next to. That's not good for your marriage. Put the cell phones down. If they can't do that one night a week when you have date nights, which is another tradition, then, you know, think about walking away. There's another one, flirting. Do they flirt too much? Or is it more than you're comfortable with? You might want to discuss that. Drinking and driving. Obsessions. Intrusive parents, families, and friends. Another big one. There's so many red flags that people don't think about. I'm sure people know that red flags are warning signs that something bad could happen if you do not address the problem. So my book will state the the red flag and it will give you solutions on how to handle the red flag. And obsessions, um, not being able to admit when you're wrong. One of my favorite Oh, that's a big one, isn't it? It is. And I use this all the time. Would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? If you cannot have both, pick one. 
because you can't always be right and happy. And so it's amazing yourself, that some people will pick right instead of happy. <laughs> they really do. Well, that's a red flag. If you are, if you're dating someone who has to be right all the time, and it makes you feel bad, or you don't feel respected or listened to, walk away. In my book, even though it's a pre-marriage book, I have no problem telling the reader that if you, if your partner or yourself exhibits these problems, walk away. Don't say, oh, well, we've already paid for the wedding. That's another, that's another red flag. It's, it's the couple so obsessed with one day, which might be six hours, ten hours, depending on your cultural background, two days. Is that really what your life is going to be, those two days that you forget that you're agreeing to forever? Once you say, I do, that's why I agree with you. The whole marriage thing is better when you don't have a big to-do because the ceremony is nothing. It's crazy to spend that much money to put yourself in that much debt just so that, you know, the girl can wear the dress for the day and the guy can drink free all night like it's really free. Right. Like he's not paying for it. You know, no. Some of these people could have a nice house down payment instead of all of that. Some of the sweetest weddings I've ever been to were in somebody's backyard. And they yeah. were gorgeous, beautiful, meaningful, all, you know, everything you would want. Well, um, my second wedding was a backyard pool party. Yeah. I had fun. I got to say hi to everybody. It didn't cost us much money at all. And everyone was relaxed. No one had to worry about, oh, what dress should I wear? Do I have the right heels? Do I have the right makeup? Do I have the right purse? So you yeah. didn't spend all that money for a few hours. Yeah, if she becomes a bridezilla or he becomes a groomzilla, yeah, better watch out. Susan, we're right up to the end of the show. What's the thought you'd really like to leave with the listeners today? I'd really like people to understand that they need to buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's really important. But no, people need to learn to accept who they've chosen to marry and talk. Put the cell phones down. Put the games down. Put the computer down. It's like, go back to basics, people. Go back to the front porch. And I'll guarantee you, a lot of listeners don't know what that means. You're absolutely right. Wonderful words of advice. Next week's guest is Douglas Colbert, who will be talking about kisses. Not those kind of kisses. It's an acronym for Keep It Simple Steps for Evolving Spiritually. Those kind of kisses. Susan, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm sure everybody who hears this is going to take away something very valuable. Oh, well, thank you very much. I had a great time sitting around the table talking to you. Isn't that what it felt like? <laughs> yeah, we just needed a cup of coffee, that's all. Yeah, especially with that cold. 
<laughs> yeah, I really Hi, enjoyed it. So I love talking about my book because I really firmly believe it will help. The smallest it, it thing. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. Go get this book today. It'll certainly make put a lot more life back into your relationship. This okay, is Irene Conlon with my guest Susan Ziggy saying thank you so much for being with us today and come back again next week for more of the Self-Improvement Show. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.